0: This episode is brought to you by Yoke and Pod to celebrate the launch of their A Book and a Bake Club. Honestly, the only thing that parallels my love of books is my
1: love of bakes, so I'm excited about this.
0: It's a subscription book club where you'll receive four seasonal bakes along with a second book curated specifically to you. It may be a book you missed when it was released and stops us from constantly buying new releases, which you and I are definitely guilty of
1: yeah and i love
0: the thought of getting more
1: life out of one book with it being secondhand too so what you do is you fill in a questionnaire about your reading taste so that the book will be chosen specifically to you and then one week prior to delivery you'll receive an email with the book
0: selection just to make sure you haven't already read it this small business have thought of everything you can opt for monthly buy monthly and there's an option to buy it as a gift for another bookworm i would really like to receive this as a gift now back to the bakes there are four
1: delicious choices in the box baked fresh and suitable for freezing just in case you don't want to eat them all at once so you could spread them out across the whole month until the next box comes head
0: to yolkandpod.co.uk and give them a follow on instagram at yolkandpod Welcome to Book Craquets Between the Pages. I'm Jess and I'm Lauren and we're the pals behind Book Craquets. This is the podcast where we chat all
1: things books and just about everything in between. Today's episode is paid by Tandem Collective but as always all views are our own and completely sincere. They kindly invited us to the
0: preview of American Fiction which has been nominated for countless Oscars. The film follows a frustrated, novelist professor who writes an outlandishly stereotypical black book as satire only for the book to be published to high sales and praise. Okay, Lauren, we can finally talk about last night to each other. Thank goodness. (laughs) On the way home yesterday, I was like, kept saying to Jess, like, oh, didn't you really love, and then she'd be like, "Shh, shh, save it for the podcast.
1: Yeah, so in case you didn't listen to the intro or see on our Instagram, last night we were invited to a preview of the new film, American Fiction, um, by Tandem. And fuck, it was so good. And we left it like buzzing. And then I was like, no, no, save it for the pod. Don't even talk to me about
0: your favorite bits, your favorite character. I don't want to hear it right now. Um, Time and a place, time and a place. Yeah. So for context and like a bit of background. It's based on the 2001 book, Erasure by Percival Everett. And it's called Jefferson's directorial debut, isn't it? Mm. What a debut.
1: Well, I mean, to have a debut that's then up for, I mean, not just Oscars, loads of awards, but I've just re-googled. It's up for best picture at the Oscars, best actor. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor Actor, and Best Original Score.
0: Holy shit. And it's got five BAFTA nominations as well. And so Golden it, Globe. Like, it's just, I'm so happy for it. It's In, so deserving. And <laughs> also, it's like, what an overachiever.
1: <laughs> what an overachiever.
0: Director debut, yeah, up for an Oscar. Tick. Killing it. And also, uh, we should talk about where we went. Yes.
1: Yeah, so we are invited. The screening was at... um Curzon in Aldgate and gorgeous like mid-century decor very cool we like sat on yellow sofas to watch it
0: yeah cinemas so, are back you know we were having this conversation last night weren't we
1: yeah I was like, like I'm not leaving my house after the pandemic it's comfy here and I can just watch whatever film I want like yeah, if you want to get me back
0: to the cinema it needs to have the vibes it needs to have vibes and it needs to have yeah, some kind of bougie element. And Curzon's got that.
1: It's got wine, two for £10 cocktails on weekdays, pizza.
0: Yeah, it's big fan. big fan, big fan. Um, And Tandem also did like this cute little drop for, so it was an advanced screening. And under some of the seats were copies of the book, Erasure. And we were both lucky enough to have... Copies under our seats, were not we? Yeah, and do you know what? I'm actually
1: sometimes if I watch an adaptation of something, I mean, this is based on, so it's not a straight adaptation. I'll yeah. be like, well, I what's the point in reading the book? But now I really want to read the book to see what was changed because yeah. this one is very modern, like yeah. it's modern day American fiction. Whereas if this book was published in two thousand one, different world. There was no iPhone. Like, Shit. yeah. So I want to see what the
0: difference is. Oh, yeah, and I'm excited. I just thought the cast was perfect. Absolutely. I I would love to know what the characters in the book are like, but for me, the cast in this was absolutely spot on. They had Jeffrey White as playing the main character, Theolonius, or or he's called Monk in the in yeah. the film. And any Hunger Games fans? He's in Hunger Games.
1: So that's win win.
0: That connection. Yeah. He's, I made the the second one. Yeah. Sterling K. Brown played his like brother Cliff, who we'll all know him from This Is Us. And I absolutely fucking loved that he could his character in this could not be more different to his character in this is us like in this is us he is the very sensible brother he's very pragmatic he never steps out of line whereas in this he's like a rule breaker the, such a rule breaker he's going through a divorce from his wife and two kids because you know, he's just realized at the age, I don't know how old you was, say he's 40, that he's actually gay. And he's now like making up for all the years he spent closeted and just going to town with like all the men he's dating and like fully embracing his identity and being a bit of a rule breaker and a rebel also like just, just sniffing cocaine off the kitchen table. And yeah. it's just really funny. And- very funny, yeah. very funny. Um, But it was also, like, I, what I loved about the film was, one, I came out and said to you, I've not laughed out loud like that, watching a film in such a long time. It takes a lot for me to laugh out loud at a film, and there were multiple points mm. where I did. Just so many, like, scathing jokes or one-liners that just felt so... I don't know, just really, really made me laugh. Yeah, but it was also quite emotional in parts. Oh yeah, and I'll get you a film that can do both, folks. Mm. Oh, so good. Um, like, right from the beginning too. Like, not like there's a character, there's a story arc where it starts off, you know, happy. A problem happens, and then it's all resolved, and everyone's happy families at the end. This was like up and down constant throughout. roller coaster yeah roller coaster.
1: yeah and so it's such a perfect film for bookish people because it's all about the publishing industry and so basically this author monk has written quite a few books that are all really good but he's getting pissed off because they keep being sold in bookshops under the african-american fiction sections and he's like they're they not anything about the African-American experience. They're just there because I'm black. And so yeah. he's getting really it's pissed the off. The blackest part about this book is the fucking font. <laughs> yeah. And uh, his agent is like, they just want a black book from you. And he's like, this book is black. Like it's written by me and I'm black. Like, what do you want from me? And basically there's this woman who has recently published a book and it's so degrading Two black people, she is black. And it's written, I mean, I
0: can't remember what it is exactly, but it's called something like. Weeze lives in the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. and not not yeah. picturing that.
1: And so he hears her, they're like, oh, she's stealing all the book sales at the moment. Everyone's going crazy for it. And it's because people are like, oh, I'm learning about the black experience. And it's like, a, in the short excerpt we hear, it's about someone that thinks they're pregnant or something like that, um, but written in like such a derogatory way. And so he gets really pissed off that his books aren't black enough for this new market that only want to read about them. And so as a joke, he writes a book uh, and he starts off with just one scene and I really loved how they did this so he's oh, at his desk perfect. writing it and then suddenly two characters are in the living room acting out the scene that he's writing and so you're watching um someone that's on the run from the police coming in and like talking to their dad and I can't even remember what the scene was because I was like so in like as in what the words of what the book was uh maybe because of the way it was written
0: but yeah. I was just like watching it all play out around him as he wrote. I thought it was so cool. It was like he was just trying to tick as many stereotypes yeah. in this scene as possible. Like um, two black men, one of them um is holding the other at gunpoint and you get the impression that, you know, he's maybe addicted to drugs or something. And he's like robbing this house. He then finds out that this man is actually his dad. And then they have this conversation, like you were never around, like... I don't need you, blah, blah, blah. And then he shoots his dad and then the police come and like, it's just like stereotype after stereotype. And that's what he's trying to make out in the scene. And he's not trying to do it from the standpoint of like, oh, this is going to be really intellectual irony. He's just like, he's writing it as a bit of a fuck you to the publishers. A who
1: major are- fuck yeah. you. The whole thing is like a bit of a joke. Like, so- he what's really pissing him off is that so he has a phd or is like a doctor but not a medical one both of his siblings are both medical doctors but unfortunately that's not a stereotypical black person and so he's like why does a black book have to just be about trauma and it made me think back to when we interviewed nikki about her book wahala and how she was like not everything has to be about a traumatic experience as a black woman it can just be that you really like going for cocktails with your friends and a bit of drama happens in the social group oh and you all happen to be black and so it made me think of that interview that we had mm. um and he was just like this is ridiculous he writes one that's got loads of trauma in it and it. he sends it to his agent and he's like what's going on like are you joking his And his like, agent
0: is black as well yeah and he's like, he's like just send it out let's like just just send it out because and if we Ruin all our relationships with publishers, whatever. I'm like, he's just so sick of being told he needs to write a black book. Yeah,
1: and so then he gets a call. <laughs> so, and at some point, Lauren, soon we're going to have to be careful about spoilers and what we say. But I think this bit's fine to say is that this is gets... all in an
0: advert as well, actually.
1: Oh, okay. He gets a call from a publishing house that want to pay 750k for it. And we've got this white woman on the end of the phone who, and I wrote this down when we were watching it. She says to him, his book is so raw and real. And it's like, it, it's literally fucking made up shit. Like it's not real at all. And oh, maybe this is a spoiler and we shouldn't say the lie that his book agent says on the phone. Should we not? I I think, this,
0: I think let's say it. Uh, if you don't want to hear about it just skip 30 seconds when you're listening okay let's keep 30 seconds basically whilst
1: on the phone his book agent is like um yeah he's on the run he's actually convicted felon like he's written
0: it under a pseudonym (laughs) yes yeah good one so
1: then that gets out of hand and then the film's like there's discussions about adapting it and he has to appear in places and like he has to pretend to be a criminal
0: (laughs) it's so funny he Become, becomes a bit like a Banksy of yes publishing worlds,
1: yeah. Which, as we all know, is just Neil Buchanan from Tech
0: <laughs> <laughs> You are such a conspiracy theorist. It's my um, one conspiracy <laughs> that I will beat home don't I die. And die um, so that was. It wasn't a spoiler, but if you're back with us, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> 20 second reel Uh, but yeah his book is called even the name is called my pathology and he spells it with pathology with an f instead of a, a th so even the name is like a fuck you two fingers up at the publishing world but yeah they go absolutely nuts for it and he is like caught in this really difficult place of one really needing the money because of what's going on in his personal life and two feeling quite conflicted morally about taking money f- through something that he quite morally is quite opposed on mm. it was just I don't know it was so good wasn't it like I just so good. the way it was done with so much humor and not because when you hear that topic you might think like oh god this is going to be a bit like I don't know, maybe a, like a yellow face by Re- Rebecca Kwong, where it's like a really serious topic and approached that from such a like intellectual, very serious standpoint. Whereas this, they have broached it from the side of humour. And I think it just worked so well. Yeah.
1: And I would say actually, because you've mentioned yellow face, that if you liked yellow face for the reasons of interesting insight into the publishing world, a fuck you to the publishing world, uh, and all of that element of it, rather than like, say, the thriller element that's to it. Yeah, Gotta go see this film. <laughs> like it <laughs> has all of those good things. But as Lauren said, like with this hilarious, very cleverly written comedic twist. Um, Obviously we won't talk about the ending, but yeah. what a good <laughs> ending. Like the ending, the whole cinema
0: just like roared with laughter. It was... Yeah. So good and clever, and it it just like was so surprising throughout, and I think that's why I've loved it so much because at no point did I see what was coming next. Mm. Yeah, and like at every true. point, I was like, "Oh, that's quite surprising!" Like even that scene you just mentioned, where some of the characters from the book he's writing just appear. I'm like, "Oh, wasn't expecting that to happen. That's really yeah. nice." Like yeah, the way it was that. filmed was just very unusual.
1: Yeah. And it got like, obviously everyone is going to love it. But I was thinking to myself, do I just love this because I love books? Mm. But I'm think- sure pe- people definitely enjoy it without any sort of bookish knowledge or interest.
0: But I think you get an extra kick out of it. Definitely. If you're a book lover and those listening to this podcast, obviously you're falling into that category. <laughs> You'll just get yeah. so much more from this film, like even more. Um, And actually the author and Cole Jefferson, I believe had a very close relationship on the production of the film. I think they're both credited as writers in the credits. So I think, yeah, it was a really nice blend of author and film writer coming together to create. And that's maybe why this was so unusual. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's another reason why I now want to read the book. I've already said to my husband, like, Absolutely buzzing to go and see this again with you because you need to watch it and I want to watch it again.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I
1: need. Uh maybe go to a different curzon. Yeah. Explore some of the others.
0: I actually went to Curzon last weekend as well because I saw Everything Strangers. Is that what it's called? Um so I'm really living my Curzon mm. life right at the moment. You should get a membership. Yeah, actually there um it was a good price, wasn't it? It was like yeah. st- Sixty-five pounds maybe for the year, and you get like five tickets to that, and then loads of discount. I don't know. We're not being paid by Curzon, so that's <laughs> like us saying, um, is you know good. But I had a really nice time. Had yeah. a really nice time. Yeah. yeah. I do think like if I'm gonna go to the cinema, I I I want a more elevated experience now.
1: Yeah, than what I would just have at home.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I I would just watch it in my on my sofa. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, such a high record, guys! Please, it comes watch out this film today as we're recording.
0: Yay! Um, so when you're listening to this episode, it's already out, which is perfect. Though, just go on your merry way down to the cinema. Um,
1: catch up on the month, then. Yeah, I've really loved January.
0: Have you?
1: Yeah, it's like one time I can remember really enjoying January. Just like good routine. I mean, let's not work aside that's been busy, but like really nice, good routines, calming, mm. not too much socializing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. How's your January been?
0: Yeah, very quiet. Because obviously we started, I started in Copenhagen, which kind of just made me poor for the rest of the month. Yeah. I'll be honest, I haven't really done anything this month. You and I and our two friends, Cal and Kat, went to Pottery yeah which I really liked it was such a wholesome um activity to do with friends particularly yep. during a month of January but we all said when we were there like we should do this more often because it was just very calming wasn't it yeah very nice and until
1: the end when I was like shit she's gonna close the shop and I haven't finished um yeah. but yeah we, that was nice to make oh. it clear, Make pottery
0: we yeah. just painted it we were, we were just painters. painting it,
1: waiting. um i really wanted to spotlight um a musical i went to see actually that's um based on a book which is based on a true story um it's the little big things which is about henry fraser who was an up-and-coming rugby star and then got paralyzed and from i think he can move his shoulders, so like from the shoulders down and then it's about his life after that. And actually now he's an artist. He paints with a paintbrush in his mouth and his paintings are incredible. Like I couldn't do that with my hands. <laughs> They're just absolutely brilliant. And it's about his life and his family and, you know, appreciating the little big things instead. And the musical is done so absolutely brilliantly. It's in the round um every seat is a good seat and like the stage lights up there's only 12 cast members so they like play different bits they're really clever in the props that they use like they'll use one futon and you're like oh yeah I know I'm in the hospital now or oh yeah now I know I'm at the beach or whatever it might be Uh um really gorgeous songs really good cast it's only on till I think the 2nd of March or something so please if you can in February go and see it I paid 30 quid for my ticket on the top row and I got upgraded to the third row but even if you're on the top it would have been a good seat like being there i was like i'm happy to be upgraded but i'd have been happy sitting anywhere mm. such a gorgeous night it was quite a long musical but i had no idea i had no concept of time which was a bit like american fiction i was like
0: whoa it's been two hours yeah. like, i was having such a jolly old time i didn't realize yeah i said to jess while well, during the cinema I'm actually kind of worried I'm going to fall asleep because it was like after work and mm. my attention after work is never great when I'm looking at a screen. But I was so gripped for the whole film. So yeah. it does yeah. show, just go to show when you're watching something that you're genuinely invested in, your mental space doesn't matter because it will just be that it will, like, escapism. And yeah. escapism and it will yeah. just absorb you.
1: And I've bought the book for my husband's birthday. So I plan to then steal it off him and read. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You've got to make it work for you guys. <laughs> um, I also have a semi-announcement that I haven't even mentioned to you yet, Lauren. Because I'm still considering it. But obviously January was such a good month because the traitors was on.
0: Yeah.
1: And I am very seriously considering applying for series three. <laughs> I said it out loud. And then my husband who is so private and not into that sort of stuff was like, oh my God, you so should. And I was like, what, sorry, you're endorsing this. That kind of makes me feel like I really should if you think it's a good idea. He was like, you'll be so good. Like we play so many board games and the strategy board game is my fave. And also I just kind of think like, cause I'm literally just going on it so that I can have fun and run around and be Claudia's friend. I, i'm not going on it for the money like you know some people are like right i need 120 grand let me apply yeah. for the traitors if i get murdered i'll be like cool i had had a really nice time in the castle and like i'll just enjoy the experience obviously right. i sweated through the whole final so we, we have to do some practice on the energy levels and nerves
0: but what are your thoughts i think you should do it i think <laughs> you should do it i'm i'm endorsing this the only thing is that I have absolutely zero
1: interest in the like celebrity element. I don't want anyone in my business. I don't want to then like afterwards have to go on this morning. I have no interest in that. I grew up with mm. a famous sister. I've seen it first. I don't want anything to do with that. And mm. I don't know how you get out of that.
0: I think apply and then cross that bridge when you come to it. Okay. This is what I was thinking. I could just apply. It doesn't mean I'm in it. Yeah, exactly. doesn't mean you're
1: committing to it either. Yeah. I just have to say really traitory things on the phone if I get a phone interview.
0: Yeah. Channel Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? He said something like cruel.
1: Cruel with <laughs> one of
0: his descriptors for himself.
1: Yes, yeah, so good. And traitor. <laughs> yeah. Epic. So that's that's the latest update. Feel free to encourage me via DM. Because <laughs> it closes on 9th of Feb. Okay. Or eleventh of Feb, so I've really got to get my act together. Yeah, big start to the year. Yeah.
0: Big start to the year. Could be um, going Scotland twice. Any other takeouts from January?
1: Oh, so many. I told you it was a really lovely month. I'm sure there's loads. You go, because I've just
0: waffled on about traders for ages. Have you got any? Um, I just had a really quiet one. Um, which I really liked. I went to a lot of football games this month because my family were on holiday, so I got my dad and my brother's season ticket to Chelsea so I went to a couple of Chelsea games went to a Chelsea ladies game we can the VV much um and that's my main takeout work has been incredibly busy so I haven't had much of a much of a balance this month hoping February brings a bit more oh so that's the
1: work it's only gonna get worse for me until like February will be way worse work-wise but if I could continue my lovely January routines of yeah, work, then gym, then eat dinner, play a board game, and then mm. only watch one hour of TV and then read in bed. Oh my gosh, makes such makes for such a happy life. <laughs> Would really recommend. It's balance, isn't it? It's all about balance. It's all about balance. And maybe, well, I guess in February I know that I'm going to see American Fiction again <laughs> because I've already decided. Mm-hmm. It'll fill the traitors' hole. I'll just go and see it every week. And
0: and. Speculate a different thing each time. True, good one. Thank, you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely needs
1: and don't forget to share our podcast with your reading buddy because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at book for funnily enough more book recommendations
0: see you next week we'll be
1: here